Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? This is where you wanna be. What is this? Welcome to part four of our Marvel Cinematic Universe retrospective. After the end of part three, we had just wrapped up Doctor Strange, I believe, and are now on the next film uh, in the line, going down the line, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And you're still distracted yes did you introduce me was i supposed to start talking like, i thought I, you were still just introducing it i was I, just waiting for you to acknowledge, acknowledge that i was here well i said we mm. our i'm back yeah you're you're here <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna do it without you no no uh-uh. are you sure no do you kind of want to no no okay because mm-hmm. then you can do half of the talking oh i do all the talking all the time yeah. And, uh, You're so good at it. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so Doctor Strange, we were a little uh, meh, meh on it was fine. in a lot of ways. And then that day, it was on TV. We got to watch the end. That's true. We did. We got to yes. see the very, very end. Of... Once I figured out that Dormammu is actually a sort of humanish-looking person, when I saw it on the TV, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I can kind of make that out now." Yep. When we actually saw the movie, I thought he was just some sort of amorphous blob. Yeah, he's a little more than that. Yeah. Only a little. Yeah. He's very... It's easier to pick out his face, I think, on the TV than it was the movie theater screen. Well, we didn't see it on a movie theater screen. We didn't? Oh, yeah. No, we watched, watched it. Watched on my laptop, probably. That's probably the problem. Yeah, I think I so. I was bamboozled. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so we both liked the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the second one is a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, Correct. It, it amps things up a little bit here and there and, you know, tries to do more in different ways. And I think for me, sometimes that's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And we end up with another very enjoyable film uh, from James Gunn. Yeah, I think this was one when I was going back through them all. And, like, rereading it. I think this was one that originally I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. And then I went back through the uh, summary of it. And I was like, I don't remember why I like this so much. I think I like... I mean, I like the group, the ensemble mm-hmm. of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So, when I, I'm looking at the, I guess, the sub-films, they're one of the ones that I like the most. So, that was probably part of it. Yeah. But, you know, when I went back through and, like, read the actual plot line, I was like... It seems like I ranked this too high originally. Oh, no. <laughs> I I kind of feel the same way. I remember I saw it in Philly for the first time Ooh. in 3D, which I didn't want to. Both of those seem like strange decisions. Uh, but, yeah. Um, Tell me more about that. <laughs> well, How did that come about? So, 
that was I was uh, still recovering from my workplace injury oh, yes. at the time, and I was it was the last weekend before I was going back to work uh, part time, and so I decided I'm gonna go visit my friend in Philly and stay with her for a weekend, and I did. And I had said when I left, like, we should go see a movie. I have all these gift cards and, like, points and stuff. And so Guardians came out that weekend, and I I waited to see it with them. And so it was me, her, her girlfriend, and their roommate. Who And other than her, I hadn't met any of the other people. And we get to the movie theater. The only time, without waiting for like an hour, was the 3D showing. <sighs> Stupid. <laughs> and the guy roommate wanted to see a different movie that I'd already seen. And the only movie at the theater I hadn't seen was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So I was... I'm not generally a very assertive person, but I was pretty like, well, I'm going to see this. <laughs> And that's what I'm gonna do, <laughs> you know. Like you can do whatever you want. Uh, we all went. We all ended up seeing it. We sat closer to the front than I would have liked. Um, and it was in three. I don't like three D. No. It, I can't remember the last movie. It was probably Avatar, the last movie I wanted to see in three D, and that was eleven years ago. Either way, regardless, I still really <laughs> liked the movie. Yes. And I had to spend the entire time of the previews explaining what happened in the first movie to my friends because they hadn't seen it. So it was kind of a kind of a shit show, all things considered, um, and not the way I would have wanted to watch Guardians two for the first time. Womp womp womp. But I think watching it like that, it kind of like distracted me from any of the things I didn't like about it. And so I initially had it a little higher rated than I do. I still like it. I still think it's good. But I don't love it the way I like. I love the first one. It's interesting that you seeing it that way distracted you from the bad things. Like, for me, <laughs> if I was already, like, annoyed that I had to go, that I had to, like, sit there and do all this stuff. Like, when I'm in a bad mood, I pick out everything else that just drives me crazy. You drag everything down with you. Yes, exactly. Like, I probably would have hated the movie more so based on the experience of everything else going on around me than I probably would have, like, the opposite. Been like, oh, I've been distracted by other things, so I don't notice the bad things. Well, like, that was the thing. Like, I wanted to forget about all the shit that was happening. (laughs) And I was like, bright colors, lights, action. Quippy lines, good time me. And, uh... So I enjoyed it for what it was, and and they liked it too for what that's worth, um, which I think is reasonable. There's a lot to like, and it was pretty. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a very fun movie. So it brings back all the all the original Guardians. We've got we've got our uh, Peter Quill, Star Lord, Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. He's he's still just there. He's still fine. Yeah. Hasn't driven me to be irritated with him yet. Not yet. Uh, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Still great. Great. Love her. Always. Yep. Always so good. Dave Bautista as Drax. Still good. Still funny. I like... (laughs) So he he probably gets the most 
interactions in this movie with new actor Pom Clementiev as Mantis. Yes. I love her. Yeah. She's she's just so funny. Why? She's just adorable and silly. Mm-hmm. And I like her. Little... I like her and Drax interacting because mm-hmm. they're so like kind of opposites, but they're kind of similar about mentally. They're both ornery in a different way. Yeah. Which creates great interactions. Right. What do you think of her abilities? She's an empath. I enjoyed that. No? Yeah. The way she... I like... She has that literal Drax aspect of like, no, you don't think that. (laughs) Yes. Like when somebody else is like hiding something they feel, she's like, I think that's what I like the most about the two of their interactions because they're both very literal about everything. Mm-hmm. So it was like that amped up to like 10. Yes. Which was great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. But yes, I liked her being able to sort of like control people's, not control people's emotions, but like a little bit. Kind of a little like bit. Be able to Influence them. Do that sort of yeah. thing. Uh, Vin Diesel as Baby Groot this time around. <laughs> Baby Groot. Yes. Yes. You like Baby Groot? Of course I do. Who doesn't who doesn't like Baby Groot? Probably you. I like no, I like Baby Groot. Okay. You look like you want to disagree no, was, with no, me. No, I was gonna ask you a question. Okay. If you had to choose, mm-hmm. Baby Groot. Okay. Baby Yoda. Oh Well, I guess what we are your haven't... feelings on Baby Yoda? Just to give us a baseline. I love Baby Yoda. Okay. We haven't finished that series. We haven't finished no, the yeah, that's, we haven't finished to be the fair. thing yet. But we haven't seen the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie because it hasn't been released yet. So, if you had to pick one, see, I don't know. Gun to your head. (laughs) You almost said one. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Who'd you pick? I think I'd pick Groot. Yeah. I think I'd pick Groot. Why? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I don't know why. Yeah. I, it was just my instinct. I think I'll just all the baby Yoda memes, like, I really like them. He makes such, like, the faces that he makes. He is very, he has the, the Yoda sass, as, but as a little baby. Yeah. Which I well, but, like, a 50-year-old baby. Well, right. Which but, like, amplifies the sass. Yeah. Gives him the ability to have the sass. <laughs> yes. Can't quite verbally express his sash yet, but he's good at expressing it with his facial. Yeah, it's an interesting. And plus, I always like I like him. I think one of the one of the things I like the most is when he, there's like a scene where um, the Mandalorian's like, "Oh, don't touch that!" Oh, and yeah. Baby Yoda just like tries to touch it. He's like, "No, stop touching that." He kind of he looks straight at him, <laughs> and then just pushes Touched. it anyway. Like, yes, my spirit animal. Your spirit animal. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Vin Diesel still is the voice of Groot. Mm-hmm. I think you know they do a lot of uh, you know modulation mm-hmm. to make him sound higher pitched and I am Groot falsetto Groot. <laughs> uh, do you like the? Do you like that Groot? Like, he sacrifices himself at the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he comes back. Yeah. How does how do you feel about that? I, I have qualms. 
I don't, I don't think I do. What's your problem? Well, I guess, like, it diminishes the act of sacrificing himself a little. A little. Although, because we never know what he's saying, really, mm-hmm. I have no idea if he knew that would have happened or not. Right? Like, who knows how old Groot is? And if he's able to keep regrowing himself. And he's a tree, technically. Yeah, but trees die, and then there's a different tree. It isn't the same tree over and over again. You could take, like, a sapling from it or a snip from it. You do that with flowers. Point being, but, like, they're not sentient. This is a sentient tree. It's a little It's a little weird. I, I wish I had a little more of it explained, is all. Is my qualm. That is my qualm. I just accept that trees can be regrown. But do you think he has all his old memories? I think so. Yeah? I don't know. I'm trying to remember because he turns into like teenage Groot. Yes, in Infinity War. Where, yeah, where he kind of is like, whatever, I don't want to do stuff. Right. He's like an actual teenager. Yeah. Hormones. Yeah. Tree hormones. But he's still, I don't know if he's attached to Rocket. Because that's who, like, because he remembers Rocket and he remembers everybody. Or if he's just attached to them as, like, if he brought a baby home. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, presumably Rocket's also the one that knows how to talk to him and understands him, which I'm sure helps. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he explained explained it. I feel like he, since he's from the same tree, I feel like he can, he keeps his memories. Okay. He just has to go through the growth, growth cycle. stage again. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Like, like, yeah. Kind of like reincarnation. If you have old memories of your soul, you still remember. Deep down in there. I think he still remembers. Okay. It's not like he, like, goes off with, like, the bad guy or something at any oh, point. Well, like... No, but, I mean, that's an extreme. <laughs> He seems pretty, like, fine to just sit there and hang out with everybody like he normally would. Yeah, but he's also, like... like, questioning But, like, he's a kid, though. Like, what's he gonna do? Baby Yoda does lots of stuff. He's a kid. Yeah, and he almost got killed. (laughs) (laughs) There was a target out on him to be killed. Anyway. I don't know if that had to do with him specifically, though. It it did. He was specifically the one that was targeted to be killed. So it was... But why? We don't know. We haven't gotten that far. Yeah, see? We don't know. But it's still him. Like, obviously, it wasn't any Baby Yoda. It was this Baby Yoda. Is there more than one Baby Yoda? Who knows? I feel like this has turned into a side conversation about, like, the Mandalorian. (laughs) Um, And finally, Rocket. Rocket. Bradley Cooper. Yes. You like Rocket? Sure. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Not super attached to Rocket. No. I don't dislike Rocket. He's fine. Uh, we get Michael Rooker back as Yondu, yep. with the Finn. Mm-hmm. And then... Enjoy Yondu. Yep, his dart thing. His dart thing. Karen Gillan as Nebula. Yep. Great. Mm-hmm. I think she has a little more to do in this one than the first one. When she comes back and attacks Gamora, and then they kind of end up fighting together. Oh, yeah. See, so this one I have a lot of... I don't remember a lot of the Bogginess. side. I don't remember their plot in this movie much at all like i remember quill and like yondu kind of like their thing and Mm -hmm. the the main storyline i remember right but i don't really remember the side 
any of the side hustle that was going on. Because I, I think, and I, I'm glad they sort of tried to do this, but I like the the relationship between Nebula and Gamora and, and how that connects to Thanos, sort of laying a little bit of groundwork yes. um, for Infinity War to come. But I wish, because there was so much to deal with Ego, yes, we didn't get as much time as I probably would have liked to see from Gamora and Nebula. Yeah, the rest of the I think that's group. probably why I don't remember it as well. Because I remember more of the Ego storyline. Yes. So Ego. Ego. Kurt Russell. Yeah. I like Kurt Russell. I like Kurt Russell. He's good. Mm-hmm. I was a fan. Do you like Ego? The character? Well, I, I mean, he's a villain. So, yeah. you know, for that reason. But like, as a character, yeah. is he a good villain? Yeah, or... I thought he was interesting. I thought the idea was of him was interesting. He's a very different villain than yeah. we've seen before. Him being literally Ego everything's about yeah. like yep. him i thought that connection was interesting mm-hmm. he's he's peter's father mm-hmm. he had um i feel like him and chris pratt worked Did, well together i agree they were believable as a they had a good camaraderie alien father son or whatever whatever yes. they are i guess yep <laughs> i thought the the storyline of how ego appeared and fathered mr quill was a little so let's let's talk about that. Yeah. So this so ego's plan of sorts uh, was as this celestial being, he can take on a lot of different forms. He chooses to look like Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. and uh, he back in the day, in his hopping from one planet to the next, leaving his seed behind him as he goes. <laughs> Uh, he happened to impregnate Peter's mother mm-hmm. and immediately left. Afterward, didn't care. Didn't stay. Well, that's not exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. No, he went there, met Peter's mother, actually fell in love with Peter's mother. And then he was so worried that he was going to be attached to her that he made her sick and then he left. So that well, way he wouldn't have to deal with it. What I said was true. Kind I of. was just leaving out important, important, important details. I'm sorry, am I interrupting? <laughs> no, your, no, your not at all. Telling? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, so I'm just saying that your version of what happened is a, is a little superficial. <laughs> well, glosses yeah. over the finer details. You, you don't just dive in immediately. You gotta ease your way. You don't just throw it straight to the oriented. deep end. Straight into the deep end. You can't just gloss over shit. You're you're like you haven't put on your scuba suit. <laughs> you're just I'm in with the sharks already. That's you. And there's, you know, it's a delicate process. <laughs> Is it? Yes. <laughs> so we get, we get like young Kurt Russell, de-aged Kurt Russell mm-hmm. in his like convertible car. Um, I think they end up like in the forest at one point and he like shows her some alien thing. If I remember correctly, it's a little fuzzy. Yeah, I don't uh, and then the you know falls in love and pregnates concerned uh, about his attachment to her and it's like I give you the cancers <laughs> yes which is pretty awful yeah it's not very nice it's a real shitty move yeah I like you too much yeah. So I'm just going to kill you. I like you so much, so much, you have to die. Yeah. 
I have bigger things. I have more important things to do right now. So, I don't. I don't know how much he knows about cancer, and I don't. I don't know much about cancer myself. But I feel like if he wants her child, his child, to eventually play a role in his life somewhere down the line, mm-hmm. in a more than you know superficial way, I feel like giving her cancer could impact said child's birth and subsequent life and his subsequent plan therein. Wouldn't it? Well, I don't know if he did that before or after Peter was born. I feel like it was after. Was it? I think so. I don't. No. I think he impregnated her, hung out for a while. Because you figure Peter didn't get, Peter's mom didn't die until he was like old enough to know what was going on. He was... Like ten ish, yeah, eight ish, ten ish. Well, I mean, I don't know how long he wanted the cancer to. I mean, Peter never knew his father, right? So I don't know. I so don't remember if he said he lot... was like coming back and forth, like he was sort of distracted by like what was going on. I told you I don't remember these plot yeah, points. Yeah, there's a lot great. of the finer uh, details of what was going see, on. Let's see, let's see. I feel like something where he met Peter's mom. Knocked her out. I feel like I gotta find the... They had Peter, or she had Peter. And I don't know where he was in the meantime. Then I don't know if eventually he was like, you know what? Alright, she's gotta go. Let's see if I can illuminate things a little. He is claimed in the films, independent of his comic iterations, claims to be a celestial and explains he's came to existence millions of years ago. He can use his powers to manipulate matter about himself and forms an entire planet around himself where they eventually spend most of the movie as well as many resources and a human body to interact with sentient beings. Uh, He got bored and disappointed with a universe full of inferior life and his goal, and this is reflected in the film, he wants to form, uh, he wants to remake every world into an extension of himself which sounds really lonely on one for for, to me but that's his plan so he puts all the seedlings um all over the world and he mates with all the different species the scene in the movie where he takes peter through this like hologram (laughs) museum of all his uh previous conquests yes um the implication of that being that they were sexual conquests and he's talking to his son is a little little weird, I'll say. It's like the birds and the bees, but like the birds and the bees and the aliens and the beings and whatever else. And his son's like 30 years old. Yeah, well. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so, so he mates with all these people, hoping to find a suitable offspring that he can use to put his plan into action. And Peter is the only suitable child that he finds. Or others have sought him out, and because they are unsuitable, he kills them. Yes. Which is kind of funny, because Peter's kind of been an idiot. <laughs> so, and that he is the most suitable one. I know. It's true. <laughs> um, and then this doesn't get into the details, but it does say that Peter ultimately rebels against Ego when he learns that Ego killed his mother in order to eliminate the distraction she would have posed to his plan and help him. Uh, and fights back. 
So it doesn't get into the nitty gritty of it all. Yes. If I recall, I yeah. think that he got rid of her after Peter's born. He decided to after. I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't get the impression that he like impregnated all these other people and got rid of them just because. Well, no. I think he was most attached to Peter's mom and then was like, eh. Yeah. Eliminate the destruction. Well, I guess like he could have fallen in love with her, you know, in the process of impregnating her and waiting for uh, Peter to be born. Yeah. I don't know. I forget. I feel like it's explained in the movie. I, I think it is. I don't, just don't remember. remember what happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other characters in the movie include Taserface. Do you remember Taserface? Not particularly. I remember the name Taserface because I remember I was like, Awful. is this dude's name really Taserface? Yes. Uh, he... Still better than Thunderbolt Ross. <sighs> he... <laughs> So, I'm going to bring him up in every single episode that we record somehow. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. So, so I guess Yandu is tasked with, when he abducts Peter, mm-hmm. he goes like, hey, go get my son, bring him to me. Yandu's like, okay, abducts Peter, but then, uh, as we know from the events of the first movie, he kind of grew to like Peter, and so he didn't take Peter. And that has a lot of ramifications in the second movie. First, uh, Yandu and his crew are kicked out of the Ravagers for child trafficking. Yep. Not supposed to do that. Nope. Uh, you which, can steal stuff, just not kids. Yeah. Uh, which eventually leads to Yandu being mutinied against by mm-hmm. Taserface and the my rest of the crew. buddy Taserface. And so it's... So so then you have you also have Sean Gunn's character who's like the skinny one. His Very name is Craglin. Kind of he remember was, him. Let me see. I'll pull up a picture of him. This is one of the side hustles that I like guy, vaguely remember. Sean Gunn, yeah. director brother. He also does the um, motion capture for Rocket. Fun fact. Okay. Most of it. Uh, so he's part of the mutiny. They, they, you know, Yandu gets them kicked out, and Yandu doesn't want to do this, and Yandu's a bad person, and Yandu's this, that, and the other. And so, ultimately, the crew, the group, gets split up, and Rocket ends up being with them, and Groot. Mm-hmm. This was, I think, the thing that I thought happened yes. in the first movie. Right. So, Rocket, Yandu, trapped on their ship. Groot is free, and is now the mascot of the Ravager group clan and they try to get him to bring Yandu's fin to him so that he can like kill everybody. Yes. It and goes well. It does not go well. <laughs> he brings like five, ten different things and none of them are the fin. No. It's very funny. It is good. One of the better parts. Yeah. Sometimes gags like that go on for like too long like a family guy. Yes. It's like okay, like I've seen this enough. Settle down. Mm-hmm. This one, I could have watched him try and, like, steal the wrong thing, like, five more times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like pretty much everything that happens on that ship. Because even once he gets the fin, there's that great scene of, like, them in the control room with the security cameras. And he's just, like, controlling the dart. Uh-huh. And it's, like, killing everybody on all the screens. Uh, which is really yes. neat. 
Yeah. I like that. I really like the fin thing. Or the arrow, I guess. Arrow, dart, fin. Thing. Combination. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. Too powerful. The deadly poker. Something like that. <laughs> so then... So that's happening on that side of things. The other side of things, uh, they having... Uh, at the beginning of the movie, there's that extended music sequence where they're fighting that weird space monster. Baby Groot's dancing and everybody's fighting the monster in the background. Oh, yeah. Remember that? They're like, I think they're on like the top of a tower sort of thing. Drax jumps inside of the creature and like cuts its, cuts his way out. I think so. I think I mostly was watching Baby Groot dancing. Probably. <laughs> and what their goal was, there were these batteries that they were trying to protect. They bring him back to all those gold people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. In exchange for Nebula. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, leader of the gold people, played by Elizabeth Debicki, who I like. Sure. You know who she is? I've heard of her. I think I would know her, like, if he pulled her up. Yeah. She was in Widows. Yep. The Widows one. Yes. That's what I remember her from, mainly. Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) they protect the batteries for them, then Rocket steals the batteries, uh, and so they send all the ships after them. Yep. And that's when Ego shows up, destroys all the ships, and saves their lives. Sort of. Because are they the people that have sort of like the AI ships? Yes. So they're all like sitting like, there like, like flying them game. and they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my ship blew up. And they're like sitting there still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like the, there's like the one guy left and like there's 300 people like watching him yes. in his, in his game, in it, play the game. I thought that they were like, that group was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I, I, I don't think know they're if they'll be in the next to, one. I think they, I think they're supposed to be. Yeah. Because their whole like thing was interesting but i feel like it was sort of just like a side like one of the side hustles of this movie right so they just so they like as the entity like their group of people didn't really get a lot of explaining i guess yes which i would like yeah i would like to know more about them and their video game space wars i don't know what they're doing over there these magical batteries yes (laughs) uh elizabeth vicky six foot three She's taller than me. She looks like she could be. Yep. Well, I mean, she is. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's not totally shocking. No. And Especially, she... like, in Widow, she was very, very tall, very skinny. Kind of same in this movie. She was very statuesque. Right. And she wore platform shoes so that she was ultimately six foot seven. That's just unnecessary. Giant. Giantess. Very. Was she ever a model? I feel like she should have... I feel like if you're that uh, tall, you just automatically get to be a model. I don't think so. I think maybe you do. I think it's in the rules somewhere. No. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, she was a photo. She did a photo shoot with Vogue Australia, but it says she's predominantly just an actress. Okay. So. Um, okay. So that leads us to ego. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So so Peter, Drax, and uh, Gamora mm-hmm. go with ego. They meet up with Mantis, yep, the empath, and Ego's like, "Hey, this is the plan. I want you to help me out. You can, you, you and me together, we can do great things, kid." And he's like, "Oh my God, it's my dad. We're gonna play catch and <laughs> uh, so on and so forth." And then Nebula shows up in a ship she steals, tries to kill Gamora, 
They fight a little bit and eventually decide to stop fighting because... I was going to say, there not there a reason this happens? <laughs> They're not just like, well, let's call a truce. So Gamora's like, I don't know, chilling out in nowhere, the middle of nowhere, like somewhere around whatever would you would call it. Ego's like bicep. I don't know, whatever part of Ego she's like sitting on since he's the whole planet. And Gamora like crashes the ship into her. They end up tumbling into this cave mm-hmm. where they find like all these skeleton bodies. Uh, it's not great. Nope. That's a problem. It's like Ego's belly button is just accumulating all these <laughs> skeletons. It's weird to think of the planet as him though. Yeah, I didn't I never really thought about that until you just said something about it. Yeah. And I I mean I guess it's like not correct to think of parts of the planet as his human and as as human anatomy because he's not human so technically yeah I don't know, it's but still it's funnier if you think it's of it funnier that way. to think of it that way <laughs> for sure so then they're like oh my gosh gotta go tell peter and they go tell peter and peter's like what the heck are you talking about you're wrong because the rest dad. of the plan is pretty nice he's got his little yeah castle mansion whatever he has the mm-hmm. rest of the ice i feel like it was very sunny yes it seemed pretty nice till you get to the cave cavern of dead people well, you know, it's it's that old thing where it's like, this is exactly what he wants it to be. And so anything that's not what he wants it to be, he, like, can't wrap his head around. Yes. Which is kind of a trait of Peter Quill's. Yes, you repress things. Yeah. he's He's got some issues. Yeah. And got some baggage. You know, he's trying to work out his daddy problems. Yeah. Ego. Not, I mean, I guess there are worse fathers. Maybe. Thanos. Thanos. He's not great. Yeah. So there's something there for uh, him and Gamora to bond over. Yeah. Maybe they should have talked to uh, Tony Stark. Been like, your dad was sort of absent, but really he wasn't that bad. Yeah. Maybe you should stop complaining. Yep. <laughs> Time to get over it. Suck it up. Uh, so, but eventually, um, <clears throat> Mantis warns Drax. So everybody except Peter's like, this guy's gonna, he's not good. He's bad news. And... There's, like, David Hasselhoff at one point, I remember. <laughs> Do you remember? Kind of. I don't remember why. Where did he come uh, from? He... I think Peter was, like, telling them that his dad was David Hasselhoff. Because, like, oh, they don't know David Hasselhoff from anybody else. Because when did he get abducted? Was it, like, the 80s or something? Yeah. yeah. I think his mom would always point at the TV and so tell like him peak, that's his dad. peak Hasselhoff. Peak Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> And so eventually, Ego t- assumes the identity of Hassel, or at least like the visage of Hasselhoff, oh, which no. is a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I like that. All the little cameos were great. I think that's what I originally liked best about the movie, just like the little small, like, stupid details that weren't necessarily relevant to the movie as a whole, mm-hmm. but entertained me. I like yeah. little small things like that. I'm very detail-oriented, so. Oh, yeah, are you? Am I? I yeah. don't know. Uh, so detail-oriented... <laughs> that like you don't remember most of it no no I, i'm not great at paying attention either those, those two I'm traits of observant. yours kind of uh kind of butt heads a little bit <laughs> they do so it's very 9w1 amber will understand when she listens to this <laughs> if My. she listens to this i'm well now i'll tell her that she has to okay. and she'll listen specifically for this part okay yes my nine wing is the lazy unobservant side or and my one is the very detail-oriented side. Sort of depends what I feel like doing at the time. 
Hmm. Most of the time, it's not pay attention is what I feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, they convince Peter. And we get all of the Ravagers show up. Mm-hmm. Yondu. And, well, the Ravagers. Yondu, Rocket, Groot, and the Sean Gunn character show up. They're the only ones left. Yes. On, be- on that ship, yes, yes. Because Yondu got they- kicked out of the whole group and then killed everybody who mutinied against him. For, yeah. Of his crew. So yeah, there's not much left. No. They have a plan, which is to detonate a bomb in the core of ego center of the planet in the meantime you've got peter and ego fighting each other mm-hmm. kind of a distraction a little bit the sovereign people show up again and that kind of draws the attention of the rest of the groups and all that such and then you have in the midst of all the fighting you have great scene between rocket and Groot. As he tries to explain how to get into the center of ego and detonate the bomb. Yes. <sighs> I, I just don't understand why Groot is always the one in charge of these very, very, very important things that need to be conducted a very specific way. Well, in this instance, it's because he's so tiny. Yes. But, and that obviously ends up being, what's the matter? You have a hair on your face. Oh. I think that obviously ends up being <laughs> important and relevant. I remember like I can like visually remember seeing like the walls kind of closing around him and Groot as tiny as it is like still not being able to move. But Rocket's really tiny too. He is raccoon sized. And before the walls collapse in, I'm pretty sure Rocket could have made it through those spaces. Probably. I also feel like Rocket is the type of person that even though he probably likes Groot the best of all of the people out of this group that he is with, yeah, he's still not really the type's going to be like, I'm going to sacrifice myself, potentially, for the benefit of everyone else. No. But I do feel as though he's someone who would want, like, I want to make sure this is done right. I don't know if that overpowers his, I don't want to really get wrapped up in this problematic area. Well, so we get, like, two minutes of just him, like, you have to do this thing, then that thing, then that thing. Now tell me what you got to do. He's like me. He's like when my detail-oriented side wants something to be done a specific way, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> I feel like you and I have had these conversations many times. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, so we get like... Peter starts to kind of embrace his half-celestial side. Mm-hmm. He's like manifesting things. He turns into Pac-Man at one point. <laughs> And, which, I don't know, like, um, I always think of uh, Green Lantern, whose ability is, I can manifest whatever I want with the power of the Green Lantern ring. And when I see Green Lantern movies, I don't know, he just, there's no imagination, there's no creativity, and often it's, this is just a, a thing that's not very useful, and there are many other things that would have been more useful. Like... I want to hit somebody out of the sky, so I make a fly swatter. Like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, I get what you're going with. Visually, I understand it, but there are many better things you could have done than a fly swatter. And I think the same is true here. And obviously, Peter's still a novice. He's still learning all those things. But, like, Pac-Man? I feel like Peter's mental growth got <laughs> stunted when he got abducted. 
Somewhat. I feel like... Ten-year-old Peter is still very much alive and well in there. I feel like his mental growth has not... Or his mental age has not changed since we met him in the first movie. All the way to the end of Avengers Endgame. No. I don't feel like he has much character development. No. And I think that's... He's sort of the same the whole way through everything that happens. I think that's a... It, my biggest issue with him as a character because even in this movie where he spends the majority of it with his father who he's thought gone slash dead slash David Hasselhoff for the last 30 <laughs> years you know it obviously you know triggers some stuff and he has some moments with ego but I feel like he comes out the other end having learned nothing yeah which is frustrating yeah kind of like oh okay that's a thing that happened but now my dad's actually gone, so who cares? Same as before. Right. And the movie pivots a little bit. It gives us this father-son connection between him and Yondu. Yes. Because you get a little bit more of, like, why exactly Yondu kept Peter and why he hasn't, like, beaten the snot out of him <laughs> up until now for all the stupid things he's yeah. done. Why Peter gets away with everything. And Yes. Yes. And... When Yondu sacrifices himself for Peter at the end, touching Mary Poppins, he does, he calls out, he says oh. he's Mary Poppins. He does the little umbrella. <laughs> um, it's sad. Yeah. The movie gets me. Mm-hmm. But I think there are just as many issues with Yondu as his father as there were with Ego as his father. Yondu's still did child trafficking and abducted him when he was a kid true but i mean and like now he has an entire life of crime behind him all because of yondu who like we get a little bit of like i cared about you kid but we didn't see any of it we don't I, I just i feel like we've yeah i think we saw like bits and pieces of it did we a little bit he didn't like shove his arrow through his face like in the first movie but i mean a lot of that i think also had to do with the fact that he had the the one stone that he was supposed to retrieve and it's kind of like peter always like talking his way out of things like if you kill me you'll never find the good the, the huge treasure that you need <laughs> and he's like okay i'm a antagonist i will un- i will absolutely listen to what you say and let you free because that's how movies work I don't know. There's still issues <laughs> with Yondu as his father. Yes. And I think the movie like wants to erase, not erase, but minimize a lot of the bad things Yondu did in right. favor of this moment of connection between the two of them. Right. And I'm like, Yondu's not still not quite. a great dad. Not quite. Probably movie. still better than Ego, though. Sure. Uh, admittedly. Definitely better than Thanos. Also, of, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going to rank bad father figures in the MCU... The fathers of the MCU, that can be our next episode. There's a lot, and most of them are bad. Right. Uh, I'm trying to, like, think of all the other ones. But, you know, best best father figure might be Tony to to Spider-Man. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I would agree. I'm trying to think of the other people and the ones we see their dads. Like Thor's dad. Black Panther's dad. Is he his dad? Yeah. He seemed okay till he got blown up. We have Killmonger's dad. Who was... On a scale of like... Zero <laughs> to... Thanos. Definitely at the low end. 
Yeah. But not the best. He had his issues, but... He had problems, too. So, there's, you know, yeah. maybe an, an idea for a future time. I guess we'll see Black Widow's dad when her movie comes out. In theory, We can yeah. figure out where to insert him into the, the mix. Yes. Uh, we get... What else? Is there anything we're missing? Big stuff? Um, mm. Yondu's funeral at the end was one of the parts I liked. Yes, yeah. all the Ravagers funeral. show yeah, up. all the Ravagers show back up. Yep. Kind of forgive him, real sort of. But why? I don't know. Did they, did they find out? I don't know why he like protected Quill this whole time. Like why he abducted him? No, not that I'm aware of. Somebody probably told him. But like, it doesn't. I'm sure they abducted more than Peter. I'm sure there's. They're still child traffickers. Because like they've been general? doing it, like they've been doing it with for ego before. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So like all those other dead skeleton cave bodies. But then, what did he keep Peter for? Well, he had an attachment to Peter. But why? I don't know. Peter seems like he'd be obnoxious. I agree. <laughs> that is not the person I would have chosen, having mm-hmm. never met any of the others. <laughs> there had to have been at least one that was better somehow. <laughs> had to be. Had to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. know. And it's neither here nor there, I guess. It yeah. was a nice scene in the movie, though. It, it is a nice scene. Yeah. So we get to meet. So, so we have uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Rocky. I can't think of Balboa. His... Yeah, who played Rocky? Oh, um, his, his actual Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as the, the, the. I was joking. I was like, I don't remember Rocky in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He is. He's the old other captain of the Ravager, other clue. Crew. Yeah, I remember him now that you he, mentioned He that. takes the patch away or whatever from Yondu when they're on that weird other place. Yeah. And... I recall that now. Because I think I remember, I was like, why the fuck is Sylvester Stallone here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> he just shows up. Uh, so his team includes Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. Or we get some Ving Rhames as another Ravager. Michelle Yeoh as another Ravager. We have... Miley Cyrus as the voice of another... Oh, as the voice. I was like, I don't remember Miley Cyrus being anywhere <laughs> She's here. the voice of the... I think there was like a crystalline type humanoid. I think that was her. And uh, with the with the in, in, uh, implication that that team would come back in a different movie, perhaps the next Guardians movie, maybe in their own spinoff, uh, or maybe in a Disney Plus show. All of which I'd be cool with, mm. I guess. I mean, I have no reason not to be. Meh. What's, what's meh? I don't know. I haven't met these people yet. I'm skeptical. You did meet those people. We watched this movie together. For like two seconds. They're in I t- have no attachment to them. Well, that's my point. Like, you can grow an attachment. Maybe I don't want to. Well, why not, though? That's my <laughs> question. We have no reason not to at least entertain the idea. I guess I was very skeptical when I read about the cast of this movie. And their characters, so. But it's uh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So what's what's the? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a lightning doesn't strike twice situation? Maybe. Hmm. Mm. Curious. Um. I don't know. None of those people's actors really draw me in. No. No. We get some end credits goodness. We get to. Um, apparently, there's an end, there's an end credits moment with uh, Jeff Goldblum. From oh. Thor. Mm-hmm. A little preview there. There's um, 
Seth Green does the voice of Howard the Duck yes. in one of the, cam- one of the end credit scenes. Love Seth Green. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I, in like from when he was on like Buffy and stuff. Love Seth Green. Big Seth Green fan. Okay. Oz, Oz from Buffy. Yeah, I I saw it. Yes. Some of it. I very much enjoyed Oz. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of it, though. I don't know. Is there any, any final thoughts you have about Guardians Two? You you had said like you remembered really liking it, and then the more you got into the details of it, it kind of. I think I remember it being really fun, which it was. It is. But I think it's like a storyline and moving forward. I guess the main story of all these different movies. I don't. It doesn't really do much for that. It's very. It introduces like little things here and there, but I think it, for the most part, it's very standalone. Is there anything you would have wanted to have seen? Like, something I hear a lot with regards to Guardians 2 is, like, what if one of the villains had been one of the eventual henchmen of Thanos for Infinity War? To kind of give that character more fleshed out. Or maybe it could have been all four of them or something. Yeah. Something more to, like, tie it to Thanos. Yeah, because I guess the main thing that happens here is that Nebula and Gamora sort of come together call a truce a little bit right which helps out with i guess the main the thanos storyline yeah they get they get mantis mantis joins the group which is nice yes i like her yeah though she's not really (laughs) essential i guess to the rest of the movies she's there but if she wasn't there would it really make a difference Mm mm-hmm and I like her. I like her character, so. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. I'm curious to see her in, like, a, as an actual member of the group in a new movie. Right. We've only really seen her in the Infinity War and the Endgame as, yeah. like, a other. Yeah. She's a, not really, Ego's henchman, almost like her, his assistant, kind of? Yeah. I don't really sort know. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, like, assistant henchman slave guru yeah because she's sort of like she's the one who helps him sleep sort of like calms him down so he can rest which is uh very interesting i could use one of those actually well (laughs) yeah that would be wonderful which is curious and like i don't know the details of like a celestial being and what makes them tick and how they sleep and whatnot but i guess giving anyone that much power over you seems like a mistake it was for him yeah she put him to sleep so that they could get Do rid of him thing. basically yeah uh yeah feels it feels convenient yeah sort of like the celestial being version of drugging someone i guess <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah yeah that's about it for guardians of the galaxy a de. dos dos the next movie is spider-man Homecoming. Yes, it is. Spider-Man. Dose. Dose. No. (laughs) It's not. It's not. It's the first Spider-Man. Yes. Of Tom Holland. Well, I just said dose, so I said it again. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You confused me. How? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You said it first. I confused myself. (sighs) Uh, you like Spider-Man in Civil War, 
I think we talked yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I enjoy Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He, so he's very fun. I think I remember when we were watching this that you were pretty excited for him to have his own movie. Yes, I think once I saw him in Civil War, I was like, "Oh, does he get his own movie?" Yes, he does. Yes, because I remember the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, and I did not like those. Yeah, don't like Tobey Maguire. Not mm-hmm. super fond of Kirsten Dunst. I like Kirsten Dunst. She's fine. Okay. So I really like Emma Stone. I like Andrew Garfield, but I didn't see those, so. Yeah. I tried to watch one on TV the other day, and you stopped me from watching it. Because <laughs> you said it was bad, and I should not do it. Well, I also think it wasn't the first one, and I also think it wasn't the beginning of the movie. Details, details. Well, important details. <laughs> so, it's kind of lucky that we even have a Spider-Man movie at all. Because Spider-Man is owned by Sony, not Marvel, which is strange, but the reality that we live in. Hmm. And so they had to kind of, Disney and Sony had to come to an agreement, but they did. And we got Spider-Man movies. And then there was a few seconds, uh, a few months ago, where we thought they would be gone. We wouldn't have any more Spider-Man movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Womp womp. But they solved everything. Fixed it. Yep. And we will now. So you will have at least one more spider-man movie i think if not 300 more (laughs) there'll probably be another one then there'll be a pause and then they'll just reboot the whole thing yes they'll find another young british actor to play a new york spider-man i don't think he has to be british this one is well i know he is i'm i'm making fun of him why did i make fun of you (laughs) (laughs) so taunting him because he's british tom holland Playing yes. the 15-year-old Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, gets so much more to do, obviously, because it's his own movie. I would hope so, yes. That seems uh, logical. Thinking about the difference between the sort of snapshot of him we get in Civil War and then really seeing the school that he attends, his home life, his friends, all that, that sort of thing. Did you like getting the expanded look on, on Spider-Man? Really seeing him more as Peter Parker in this movie? Because we didn't really get to see him as Peter Parker at all before. Yeah. No, I think so. I think it makes sense. It makes sense of how he acts. I don't feel like he acts that much differently as Spider-Man than he does as Peter Parker. No. He just has a suit on. I think he's a little more confident as the Spider-Man. Maybe a little bit, but... Yeah. He doesn't... I don't know. You get to, like, kind of hide behind the mask, and everybody knows who he is, and it's a little different of a dynamic. A little bit. But I still think think he's very... I still think the he, his core personality is not much yes. different. Yes. I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get his mom, or his aunt, rather. Mm-hmm. His Aunt May. Yep. Um, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. I liked her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like her, too. Yeah, I think she's fun. She's, I think, the youngest of the aunts, Aunt Mays. Yeah, because usually they're, like, kind of grandparenty, aren't they? Definitely the Tobey Maguire one. And then Andrew Garfield was, like, a little, maybe, like, 10 years younger. Okay. And I think Marissa Tomei is, like, another 10 to 15 years younger yeah. than that one. So. I think it works better, like, the dynamic. Yeah. Like, at least between the two of them. More personable. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other versions, they kind of feel a little standoffish, like, yeah, wagging their finger at him, kind of. Yeah. More than, like, hey, buddy, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Or so. Uh, 
Then we have John Favreau as Happy. Yes, I love him so much. He's kind of the... uh, Iron Man's in the movie, but (laughs) Happy is... only in the middle a little bit. Yeah, he has like two moments that he gets. One in the middle and one toward the end. Yeah, Happy's kind of there to be... The go-between. Yeah, his Peter's babysitter, sort of. Yes. Except he doesn't do a great job at it. No. (laughs) He devotes most of his time to... Hitting on May. Aunt yeah, May. Yes. And good to me. Uh, yeah, I like Happy too. Mm-hmm. I think... I'm glad they found something for him to do after the Iron Man movies finished. Because right. he kind of yeah. was left in the lurch a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, even in the Iron Man movies, he didn't do a ton. He was mostly mm-hmm. um, Iron Man's like assistant and bodyguard. So yeah. he was just sort of Head there of security every now and then. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you like Iron Man in the movie? So, yeah, because the big the big moments I remember, and there may be in one or two others, are on the sh- on the boat mm-hmm. when Spider Man fails to save the boat. Iron Man shows up to help him, right? And he's like, "I don't know if you're ready for this suit and all these powers." And then I think there's the end part where he's like, "I'm gonna make you an Avenger," and he's like, "No, this was a test, wasn't it?" And then Robert Downey's like, "Yeah." And it wasn't a test. No. <laughs> and then Gwen Paltrow's like, well, now what do we do with our press conference? <laughs> yes. And then Iron Man proposes. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Yes. The end. Do you like his inclusion in the movie? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I guess, yeah. As, as I guess, uh, Peter interning, quote unquote, at Stark Industries as Kinda. his, like, excuse for right. all his shenanigans, I guess. Especially... Since Aunt May doesn't find out that he's Spider-Man till the end of this movie. Right. On a scale from mentor figure to only in it so that Disney makes more money, <laughs> where would you put Iron Man on that line? Uh, well, I mean, I think of the Avengers, it makes the most sense for Iron Man to be the sure. mentor. The only other person that would maybe make a little bit of sense is Captain America. But, but... his situation doesn't really... He's he's has things going on. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think it makes sense. I don't mind that he was. I don't. I'm not annoyed that he was in the no, movie or anything. No, I'm not either. But That's fine. I, think, I guess on the scale of necessity, maybe like a five out of ten, like ten. Right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. I think he helped. He helped push the storyline along a little bit, and I think it made sense the way he was structured into the movie. Though, also, I don't know. I guess if he wasn't there, it would be kind of like, oh, where does suit come from? And, like, what is he doing? And how do you end up at the airport with all these people? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think from that standpoint, it makes sense to have Iron Man in it. If he wasn't there, I don't really know. I guess I don't know exactly, like, what the what would be pushing the plot along. You know what I mean? Well, I would say the plot comes... Would, uh, Vulture, the villain, would be pushing the plot along. Right. But isn't part of, too, what Peter's trying to do is trying to prove himself to, like... Everyone. Iron Man, yeah. Yeah. yeah probably Iron Man more than, more so, but yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. He wants to prove he can like fiddle it, fit in with them. and That drives a lot of his actions in Infinity War and when he hitches a ride on the spaceship thing. But that's, that's moving ahead too fast. Uh, <laughs> so Michael Keaton is the villain. Mm-hmm. Vulture. Yep. How do you feel about the villain? I liked him. Yeah? Yeah. I think he's one of the better villains. Yeah, I think so, too. I like Michael Keaton. He's not just Spider-Man in a black suit. No, and he's sort of... 
little bit more ambiguous, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's not like a stereotypical, quote-unquote, bad guy. No. Kind of see him doing his bad guy stuff, and then you also see him being a normal, just person. Yeah, he's yeah. not hell-bent on global domination. No, not really. He just kind of wants money, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's kind of a lower level. He kind of has a dangerous, kind of like, a little bit scary vibe, but like kind of charming too. You're like, oh, I, I kind of like Michael Keaton. But but I'm worried he might chop my head off. A little bit. Ah. He, the scene that he has with Tom Holland in the car when yes. they're going to the prom or homecoming. Uh, this is Spider-Man Homecoming, so I'm guessing they're going to Homecoming. Well, maybe. <laughs> what do you mean, well, maybe? I think you're right. Uh, it's uh, not Spider-Man Prom, so. Well, it wouldn't be Spider-Man Prom, even if it was the prom. Well, I don't know. It wouldn't. Maybe it would it's, be. It's so that they can name the next one Far From Home. Homecoming. Far From Home. Either way, that scene that they share in the car. <laughs> I don't think that's why it was named the title. What? Far from home, he's on his like tour of Europe. Homecoming, it's, he's it's just he not, the man wants to go to homecoming. It's okay? not a coincidence that home is in both subtitles of well, both I'm sure it's not a coincidence. But I'm just saying I don't think that is why the titles are structured this way. What do you mean? I don't know. To have home in them? I don't know if that was like specifically like, okay, we need to figure out how to incorporate home into the title here. No. He could just go to the homecoming dance. I don't think they started from, I want home in the subtitle of every Spider-Man movie. Right. I think they started from, okay, what is this movie about? What do we want for the next movies? <gasps> There's a common thread. In this one, he's coming home to be Spider-Man with his new suit and prove that he's Spider-Man. And in the next one, he's leaving home to go far <laughs> away from it. What are the... Look at that. They match up. They're, they're congruous. Maybe, not. Maybe they could have called it Spider-Man Spring Fling. <laughs> Spider-Man Spring Break. Spider-Man Winter Sp- Solstice. Spider-Man Girls Gone Wild. No. <laughs> Spider-Man Lost in the Woods. What? I don't know. <laughs> Spider-Man Home Alone. Oh no. Maybe that's the third one. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Yeah, maybe somebody kidnaps Aunt May. Uh, what? I said, <laughs> Home Alone. If Nobody he's... kidnapped well, his and mom. You said that could be the third one. Yeah. Well, maybe his mom. What do you mean? What you Who about? kidnaps him? Nobody kidnaps anybody in Home Alone. <laughs> but you, he would have to. I'm saying if he was Home Alone. He's saying the only home way alone. he could be Home Alone is if somebody kidnapped Aunt May. Otherwise, she'd be at the house. No. He wouldn't be Home Alone. No. <laughs> <sighs> well, other okay. What is your idea there, genius? My, well, in Home Alone, you have. Uh, what's the kids? Uh, Macaulay Culkin right. defending his home oh. against a bunch of thieves. Right. So this could because be... he's there by himself. Yeah. Because everybody ditches him. Not intentionally. He well, just doesn't show up to the flight because he sleeps in. And nobody missed him. So this could be Spider Man. He was there at the house by himself. He was. Spider Man could have slept in. All the Avengers left to go do something else, and he's stuck defending the Avengers initiative building whatever shield building as people come to an 
infiltrate it and steal everything. It is Home Alone, but for Avengers. <laughs> Spider-Man, Home Alone. No. Yes. $300 million coming, opening weekend. Coming in May of 2027. We figured it out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the scene in the car... Back to the point. ...between Michael Keaton and Tom Holland. Really tense. Yes. Very scary. Yes. Why? Uh... Because Michael Keaton's, I don't know, because you know he knows. You're like, what's he going to do? Well, I was going to say because his daughter right. is going to the prom, or going to homecoming with Peter Parker. Played. Was there a specific answer to this question that you wanted? Because you acted like I said the wrong one. You're like, mm, nope, incorrect. <laughs> I, I was kind of fishing for you to bring up his daughter, I'll no. admit. Nope, that didn't um, happen. Which is weird, like, they don't list the daughter... Because she was boring, I didn't like ...as her. one of the main characters in this movie. She is pretty forgettable, so... I mean, she was. She's um, not Zendaya. There's a reason she's not in the next movie. Well, it's because she moves. Right. Uh, Liz. Because she's boring. Liz was the name of the character, but I still cannot find the actress. I will find her. Crush on Liz. All the Liz. So many Liz's. <laughs> What? Laura Harrier. I found her name. That one. Okay. Laura yeah. Harrier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're they're doing a little date thing, and he's giving him the old uh, touch of hair, harm a hair on her body, and I'll sever your head from your neck, kind of thing. But actually, but all like through his eyes, kind of. Yeah. And the dialogue is is very good, just yes. giving us this, because I think they both kind of realize it at the same time. Well, because he knew. I think Peter already knew what he looked like. Yeah, they had encountered, encountered each other before. Because when yeah. Peter shows up at the house to pick up Liz for the dance, he's like, oh, shit. Scary. Uh, this guy already wants to kill me. Stranger And danger. now I'm dating his daughter. Womp, womp. Not good. No. Not you don't like Liz, though? Eh, she's kind of boring. A little bit. She's very tall. She's very tall. So is Zendaya. She's also 29. Got the Liz? Yeah. Laura Harrier. Yep. Oh, she is. Mm-hmm. Older or, or younger schooler. than Zendaya? I think she's probably older. older. Probably older. Pretty sure. I think Zendaya's like mid-20s. 23. Yeah. Yeah. She's much more age-appropriate for the character she's playing. Tom Holland? Also 23. Yep. So. Yeah. Zendaya? You like Zendaya? Yeah. MJ? Uh, yeah, she, she was okay in this movie. She's a I little... would say I love MJ. She's fine. I yeah I think she, she's more interesting than Liz but because Liz played such a prominent role in this movie it kind of pushes and die to the side and she just right. gets these little one-liners here and there yeah though I still don't know that I liked her a ton in the next move next Spider-Man movie where she kind of gets more I liked her screen time I don't love her yeah. but I like okay, her. she's fine one of the best I still she's probably one of the better like romantic interests in the series yes comparatively yeah, which I don't know if what well, if that necessarily says something good about her no. or bad about the other female <laughs> it, characters. It's, it's not a not a high bar. I'll no. admit. Uh, some other characters uh, we got Jacob Batalon as the best friend, the yeah. guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah, he's you like, fun. You like him? Mm-hmm. We also have Tony Revolori as Eugene Flash Thompson. This guy. Oh uh, yeah, okay. he's kind of like the jerk. Yeah. Who loves Spider-Man, 
idolizes Spider-Man. Hates Peter Parker. Hates Peter Parker. <laughs> Good to me. It's very funny. Uh, uh, Ian brought up my favorite running gag and the people involved in that in the movie. Which is? The uh, school newscasts. <gasps> yes. Oh, man. <laughs> so great. I would watch an entire movie of the school newscasts. Okay, what are their... they're ridiculous. I can't think of their name. The girl has a bigger... Like, uh, Betty. That's her. Down a little bit. Down Betty? a little bit. Yeah. Betty Brant. Oh, there we go. Angry Rice. Angry Rice. Yep. Who I like. I've seen her in other things. Mm-hmm. The Nice Guys. She was very good in that. Uh, and... I think that's the other one. Charles. Michael Barbieri. Um... Maybe. I think I think that's the other guy. I think. Mm, I want to try and find a picture. <laughs> no, oh, that no, is not that him. That's definitely not him. Who's that guy? I don't know. Nope. Because I, I remember the guy, he was in this Oh, one. there he is. Yes. Jorge David Lendeborg. Yes. Jr. Yes. The dream I've, team I've of seen him Jason and Betty. Too. He was in Bumblebee. That's what I saw him in. Oh. Yeah, they're really fun with their, like, 90s <laughs> video editing software morning show. And, like, so awkward, like, deadpan, like, reading of everything that's happening. Yes. I think, and now because of the way we watched it, the uh, the um, chronological order, everything intercut together, mm-hmm. but that also included all the, like, short films that had mm-hmm. been released as bonus material and so forth. Right. I think the actual film has, like, two of those scenes with the, the, those guys. Right. I figured all of them weren't from... I know you had right. mentioned that they had... There was, like, some sort of, like, short pieces of them that yes. included them doing the newscast. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there were a couple more of those that we saw than were actually in this Spider-Man movie, uh, which I don't mind, because I think they're hilarious. Right. And there should have been, like, 15 of them in this movie. Half of the movie. I would have approved just, of that. I just want, like, a picture and a picture of them, like like narrating everything that's happening yes. as if it were a news story yes if they could do like a Louis recap of like I was just gonna were happening I was just gonna ask <laughs> Louis or these two probably still Louis still think Louis yeah yeah Louis is so good he's so good um uh, we've got Martin Starr as one of the teachers familiar with Martin Starr uh kind of vaguely know the name uh where's his name Donald Glover's in this movie, isn't he? Yep. yep. I'm getting there. He's got a small role. This guy? Teacher? Oh, isn't he the shitty teacher from, like, the next one, too? Yes, he's also a teacher in the next one that goes with them. <sighs> he's the awful teacher. Uh, you're right, Donald Glover. Yep. Plays Aaron Davis. Yeah. He was some, like, low-bit criminal dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Donald Glover, though. I like I him I was pleased to see him in there. Yes. Uh, Aaron Davis, the character he plays, is the uncle of Miles Morales, Spider-Man from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Really? Yes. Oh. So in Into the Spider-Verse, spoilers for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, his uncle is the, like, purple evil guy. Oh, yeah. And that's him. That's this character. So if that's a thing in the future... That's kind of interesting. Maybe they do it in live action. Yeah. Could be. Could be fun. More Donald Glover to me. Always. I approve of this. Um... It's pretty much all the people in it. Yeah. Anything else? Any, any what? What's what's your favorite part of Spider-Man: Homecoming? Uh. That we haven't mentioned. 
through most of it. I like the very end when um, Michael Keaton's character, once he's gotten arrested and he's in jail. Oh, yes. Yes. And the who's the other oh, bad he... dude that comes up to him asking about Spider-Man and who he actually is? Uh, Gargan. Who's that? Gorgonzola? No. <laughs> Uh, that's not helpful. It's this guy? Yeah. Yep. Yep, I remember him. As Gargan. Yeah, because who, who is Gargan? He's, I don't know much about the uh, Spider-Man mythology. Uh, he's not, I'm not super familiar with him either, but he is the Scorpion, a future, one of the other Spider-Man villains. Ah. But I think he kind of exchanges words with Michael Keaton, and he's like, I know who Spider-Man is. Is no, that... he asked Michael Keaton. He's like, you encountered Spider-Man. Who is oh, he? Oh, that's right, that's right. You're right, you're right. Yeah. He's like, who is he? And Michael Keaton's like, oh, I don't know. So he denied knowing who he was, which yes. I thought was interesting. Well, it kind of makes me think that... Oh, I, I interpret that as him kind of like wanting, still wanting Spider-Man for his own. Eh, I could go either way. Of him being mm. a little bit... Not protective of him, but like... I don't... Oh, well, why would he be protective of him? I don't know. Maybe like a respect thing. Like, mm. Game respect game? Yeah, maybe. Interesting. I did not read it that way. I did. Okay. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll find maybe out. Maybe it'll be in the third movie. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so the kind of arc for Spider-Man in this is he starts out with the new super suit that Tony gives him. Mm-hmm. He goes through a little trial and error. Yep. And uh, a lot of error. As it turns out. <laughs> yes. And uh, the suit is taken away from him. Mm-hmm. And then he gets into a fight with with Michael Keaton without the suit, and it does not go very well. Nope. And it's... He has that scene where he's, like, trapped under all the debris. Yes. And he has to, like, lift himself up without the suit, and mm-hmm. it's very difficult, but right. he overcomes and pulls it off, which... Because is he supposed to have super strength or anything in this movie? He doesn't have super powers, does he? No, he built the the web things. Right. And as far as I'm aware... So I'm a little... we never. There's no, like, bitten by a spider aspect in this one. I have some questions about how he didn't get freaking crushed, first of all. Yeah. And two, yeah, how he lifted that shit off of himself with no special suit and scraggly little 16-year-old kid arms. Because Tom Holland is not the most buffest of the superheroes that we've encountered up until now right now he's he's a pretty gangly little kid relatively speaking and so that seems a little questionable with no special powers i feel like he should have probably just gotten crushed at the building right it i like the idea of it being you know, and I've, I think this has been in a couple of different superhero movies. Just the idea of, like, you're more than the suit. Right. You know, Iron Man, the suit's great, mm-hmm. but he's still definitely more than the suit. Yeah. It's a little similar to when Tony's house got attacked and that all got right. crushed and every everybody fell into the rubble. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Comes wandering out of it and then five minutes later, like, I'm in perfectly great shape. Perfectly. Uh, yeah. Uh, now that you mention it. Yeah, just a little, that whole situation when that happens in movies, strange. I'm like, this. All these people should be dead. Yeah, let's let's roll it back a little bit. Um, but he gets a, he gets free. 
Yep. He does the thing, and he catches up to the vulture, and uh, saves the day. Yeah. He does the thing. Mm-hmm. Do you like? We didn't. We talked. We didn't really talk about like his abilities. The vulture. He has like the giant wings. Right. Yeah. And I think that's mostly it. Because was he like a weapons trafficker? Is that kind of what yeah? He's he doing? so like the through line is that he's salvaging weapons from the first Avengers movie. Okay. That were left behind by the aliens, mm-hmm. and he's using them to build his whatchamacallums. His, his whatchamacallums. <laughs> his, well, <laughs> like I don't know. Like they're selling the weapons on like the black market, and it's like right. the like big sonic boom weapon and the oh, big yes. this thing and that doesn't thing. he like accidentally uh disintegrate one of his henchmen i don't know if it was an accident i think they were just trying to figure out what the gun did yeah and he's like i've had enough of you yeah. and oh it disintegrates people yeah <laughs> whoops whoops <laughs> my mistake sorry and my Jim. bad um i like there's a scene i really loved where uh, Peter's invited to a party because he's going to bring Spider-Man. Yeah. And so he's about to be Spider-Man into the party. And then he learns that there's like some something going on somewhere. And so he has to... So he like scrambles away with his webs and all that. And then he's trying to get across uh, a golf course. But there are no trees. And he's just running. <laughs> and it was, it's one of the funniest moments for me. Save One of the me. best Spider-Man moments. <laughs> He's just like... <sighs> I like that a lot. Trundle, trundle. Yes. Very <laughs> disappointingly slow. <laughs> like, such a letdown after... Oh, man. Like, you know, you only ever see him, like, swinging from, like, building to building in the middle of New York. Right, yeah. And then seeing him anywhere else is, like... Just, oh, like, strolling down the sidewalk. Yeah, it doesn't work so well if you don't have a lot of, like, skyscrapers to... No. ...swing from. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I like that a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have much else to say about it. Yeah. Really. Uh, I liked Happy and Peter's, like, dynamic with each other of Happy just being exasperated, like, all the time about everything. And Peter's yes. being like, come on, like, stop calling let's me. do this thing. Why don't you do that thing? I need some help. Oh, and Happy's just like, no, like, yeah. stop. Well, yeah, I like how, I like how Peter kind of treats it. Peter's uh, thoughts on that, their relationship are very different from Happy's. <laughs> yes. Happy's like, I just need to make sure you don't die. Yeah. And Peter's like, no, you're supposed to be like you know, the guy to James Bond who gives him all the toys and gives, you know, you're going to be, yes. a, you know, you're my driver, you're my everything. And he's like, no. no. You've misread this relationship completely. Yeah. The two of them bickering is probably also one of my other, like, favorite things about the movie. Yes, I like it quite a bit. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say, there's one other part of this that I, I think deserves acknowledgement, and that's the end credit scene, which, it, which are... Um, I don't know if I don't know where they ended up in the version we watched, but it's Captain America doing like informational oh, the PSAs? PSAs. Yes, I love those too. Those are so good. It was the, such like, a brilliant school, like yeah. and do your homework, like shit. That's so good. <laughs> it's yeah. such a great like idea. Like, of yeah. course he would have done those like seventy years ago. Yeah. Perfect. For sure. Yeah. So good. I love it. <laughs> 
such a great, great idea. I'm a fan. Yes, I approve. Any any Chris Evans I'm fine with. Yeah. More more Chris Evans. Chris Evans is a funny. Yeah. Does does quite good stuff. I. It's kind of it though. Yeah. Like I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I. It's fine. You know, it it's a it's not my favorite, of course. Yeah, it's a little middle of the pack. I enjoy. It was sort of like the Ant Man movies, and it was like. Not quite as self-contained, I guess, as the Ant-Man movies, but sort of, like, lighter. Mm-hmm. Not, like, huge stakes. Right. It's pretty funny. One of the more, like, entertaining ones. Yeah. That's, like, not doom and gloom and everything is bad. Yeah. Ant-Man has the scene with uh, Falcon that kind of ties it into other stuff. And mm-hmm. he's got, of course, the connection to Iron Man and Happy that helps tie that, too. Right. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it kind of... It kind of just exists yeah it's there and it's a thing it's fine yeah they both of the spider-man movies came out like around july 4th middle of the summer yeah they're good summer movies yeah i think they recognize that i don't know that's kind of when the ant-man ones were too like yes yeah they both hit that same july release and i don't know if i'd necessarily say that's like the discarded movies insofar or like the less consequential ones maybe yeah. but they do everybody just wants fun stuff in the they summer. do yeah they do feel like a different version of these movies yeah because like, the memorial day ones tend to be like the big epic right. movies and then like the ones in the fall are the sort of you've got your thor ragnarok came yeah. out in the fall doctor, doctor strange, strange thor the dark world <laughs> those are the only november ones and then of course you have the black panther the captain marvel February releases. Yeah. So, a couple of different... I wouldn't... I, it's it's weird, like, so, uh, Spider-Man being as big of a character as he is, probably one of the most popular superhero characters ever, mm-hmm. but you look at his movie, and as similar as, like, he's just a guy in a suit, suit gives him special powers, sort of a character at the very basicness... Like, his movies are so different from Iron Man's movies. So different from Captain America. So different from... And et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good thing. Yeah. I would say, I guess as big of a character as Spider-Man is, he's not... He's not super consequential, I guess, to the rest of the MCU movies as much as, like, the core five right. or whatever characters who are probably generally less well-known than a yeah. Spider-Man. Right. And as much and, as I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man, like, the his two movies, I would say, are not two of the best ones. No. And I think even his movies have very little impact on the rest of the MCU. Right. Although I guess you could say Far From Home is much more impactful just by right. the nature of it being after Endgame. And yeah. the only movie we have that's come after Endgame so far. Yeah. His movies are very much more about him specifically. Similar to an Ant-Man. Yeah. Than, like, what he's doing in response to what's going on around him. Or, like, in the greater good versus evil realm of things. And that's a big thing when we get to the next Spider-Man movie. That he's a lot of... A lot of his story is about... I still want to be a teenager. Right. Like, I love doing the superhero stuff. I love being... Wanting to be an Avenger and all that stuff. And hanging out with everybody. But I also still want the kid thing. Yeah. You figure half of this movie is him trying to ask Liz to homecoming. Yeah. 
basically. Yeah, I remember it being kind of described when it came out as like superhero movie meets like a John Hughes movie, right? To a degree, and there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of truth to that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like so. a high school comedy in the MCU, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice that they have the flexibility to make that kind of a movie, right? In the MCU. Um. So. That's going to wrap it up for Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. What do you... I'm, we're looking at the time. Yes, we've been trying to plot out <laughs> our, uh, our what we're doing for the rest of the movies. Right. How we're grouping them. So the next movie is Thor Ragnarok. Right. And our plan was to couple Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther into the next episode. I think that makes sense. I do too. And... I don't want to go out of order. Right. And we're probably going to end up with Infinity War as its own episode. Because it's just so big. Yeah. There's there's a lot going on in Infinity War. Then we get Ant-Man mm-hmm. and, the, and, uh, and the Wasp, as well as Captain Marvel. Right. Probably that zone up, that's own episode. Yep. Followed by Endgame. Yeah. Has to have its own episode, yeah. I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't come close to like the pace we were setting in the first episode of this we did. No, we're like blowing through stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how we did six movies in two hours with there... one of them being, but one of them was the Avengers, and he still only took us six, two hours to do those six movies. Right. It's a little, in comparison, it seems kind of crazy now. Even though I would have said at that time, how are we only doing two movies in two hours? <laughs> right. But, yeah. Uh, which would just leave the other Spider-Man movie yep. at the very end, and I think our plan at the moment is to have that start an episode. And be the first half of us talking about the future of the MCU. Yes. When that is done. Correct. So. And then we'll have our rankings episode because we still haven't done that. Yeah. That's sort of the a mystery still. We've been talking about the movies, but we haven't gone over Any really specifically how we feel right, about them. I exactly. think uh, some disdain for certain things has come through. But. And some more enthusiasm for other things has come through, but we haven't really gotten into specifics about what is what. That's I don't right. even... We don't even know each other's rankings, really. No. We've, I think... We've specifically tried to make sure that we don't know it, so that way when we go to get to that episode... It'll be a little more of a surprise. Yeah. But I, I would even say, you know, independent of what we've recorded so far, like, I feel like I could probably pin down your top three or five if I had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not in the right order. Right. But I'm pretty sure I know, like, which movies you really responded to, and I know there are some movies that I've talked about more than others. Yes. Uh, especially in context of, like, how much more or less I like them than the majority of people. Right. Uh, so we have a little bit of an idea, but yeah. a lot of mystery <laughs> as well. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be... So this is the end, I guess, of episode four. Yep. A little shorter of an episode this time. Yep. You're welcome, You're everybody. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode five, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther. Episode six, Avengers Infinity War. Episode seven... Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Captain Marvel. Episode 8, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> episode 9, Spider-Man Far From Home and the Future of the MCU. And then episode 10, our personal Bam. rankings. I hope you guys are having really fun because that's for... that's a lot. Yeah, that's 10. Yeah. I think the first time we I looked at it, I was like, this is going to be about five episodes. I think we had thought it was going to be like four. <laughs> yeah, phase one, phase two, phase three, our rankings. Yeah, and the future. And future things, yeah. A breeze. breeze. Smash right through it. We would have been done by now. Yeah. This would have been the last episode. Yeah. And uh, we still have... 
I feel like know, we should have seven. known better based on the first two podcasts that I was a part of. Well, I mean, even if you look at the first episode we did... We, we bammed right through everything. We kind of did. And yeah, I guess like phases two and three are a little longer, but... I think it speaks to oh, the storytelling, too, is I feel like the story's gotten more complex and the stories have gotten better and everything has gotten... I think most things have improved as it kind of went on. Yeah, so. I would say. You know, you especially... I think the novelty of the first Avengers movie being like everything is coming together forced them to make sure everything prior to that was kept separate. So it made... Like, it was a bigger deal when it happened. But now, everything is... Iron Man's in every Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And, like, Thor and Hulk are in the same movie together. And we see... The, and, like, Doctor Strange is in that movie, too. Thor's gonna go hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy at some point. Yeah, you know, everything's, like... The, the, the borders around these characters are getting thinner and thinner and almost non-existent in some cases. Yeah. Which I really like. I like that. Yeah. That's what I that what that's what draws me to the Marvel movies in the first place. Yeah, I like all the interactions between all the characters. Yes. Cuz for the most part all the characters are interesting and they're fun and seeing them all together. The entire I guess chemistry and dynamic of like everybody involved in this is pretty good. Really good. Yeah. Which is hard to pull off. And I think now, you know, you look at an Avengers Endgame and it feels like, holy shit. Just like, you look at the list of names involved in that movie, and it's everybody. Yeah. Right? But, I think, like, there's another part of it. You step back, and like, Karen Gillan, and Chris Hemsworth, and, you know, Tom Holland, and even, like, there's so many characters that are huge now because of the people they've played in this franchise, that with if you take this out of their, like, filmography... There's not much left. Right. Like, Chris Hemsworth, he does not have another big movie outside of Thor and the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. His biggest movie is, like, Ghostbusters? Yeah, it could be. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know that looking. I get him and his brother mixed up. But, yeah, so it's interesting. Like, these roles make these people the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, I guess rightly so. But it's just, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Do you think, little little teaser for when we eventually talk about the future of the MCU, but do you think 10 years from now, this will still be happening? Well, with the pace that Phase 4 is coming out, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, Phase 4 is supposed to end at the end of 2021. Yeah, like we still have Black Panther 2 is not coming out till 2022. Yep. That's, I think, a big one. Like, Black I, Panther was huge. Black Panther's great character. Yeah. And they, yeah, that he hasn't even gotten his second movie yet is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. There's been one Captain Marvel. For sure they could do more of, with her. I'm pretty sure that's confirmed already, too. Yeah. Um, we got third Spider-Man. We've got a fourth Thor movie. Four? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the first, Ragnarok, bi- yeah, first the franchise mm-hmm. to do that. And then there's all the new characters, like the Eternals, Shang-Chi, getting their first movies, finally. And who knows how many others. Right. And the Disney Plus series. I mean, the amount of side characters and other things, like, there's no reason this can't keep going. Especially if they kind of break it up into chunks, like, of introducing people and kind of taking people out. Like, as long as the storytelling stays good, the casting is good, you know, if everything stays 
at, at least such a the high same. level yeah. as the rest of this is. There's no reason like that they can't just keep keep chugging along them out. with different yeah. with different versions of the Avengers almost swapping people in and out of it. And that doesn't even include that they bought Fox, so they now have the Fantastic Four characters. They have all the X Men characters to pull from. The sky. I'm not excited about those people. Well, I mean, you might be now that they're in the MCU. Am I? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not. You could be. <laughs> Spoiler you alert. You might see a trailer that. <laughs> you might see a trailer that Spoiler like. Spoiler alert. Excites Meg is you. not excited for the future. <laughs> uh, man. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff on the horizon. That's kind of the breakdown of what we're going to be looking at as far as uh, the next few episodes. and Hopefully everybody doesn't get sick of yeah. me. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Cool. Uh, so thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot every time anybody decides to pop in an earphone or however you choose to listen to any podcast, I guess. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I like hearing about people and they're like, oh, I was listening to the episode. That's fun. Yeah. Thank you. Makes us happy. If you'd like to find more episodes of the podcast, you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can also go to the website, circleoffilm.com, find all the old episodes and more. Lots of other stuff over there, too. You can find me uh, on Twitter, at Circle of Film. You can find me on Letterboxd, at Circle of Film. Or you can email circleoffilm at gmail.com if you want to send us your top 23 Marvel movies. Yes. Uh, however you rank them. Stars out of 100, out of 10. Do tiers. it, do it, do it. Twitter. My Twitter? Yes. Let's see if I can spell it correctly this time. My Twitter. A-L-G-O-F-E-R-O-Z. You did it. I did it! That is your Twitter. I spelled my own Twitter handle. That has been my handle for over 10 years. Probably 15. So great at spelling. Yes, the best at spelling. Um, Now star season. Just started, basically. Today was the first Zoomies, and it was a... It was very fun. It was a hot dumpster fire of mess. It was great. Yes. Understatement. Yes. All the cars were basically held together with duct tape at the end, which was spectacular. Mm -hmm. Six cars finished the race. Yeah. Still functional. Semi-functional. And that's that's the majority of what you tweet. A lot of retweeting of NASCAR stuff. Yeah, now that it's zoomie time, prepare yourself for some zoomies. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. If you like to support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it. Tell somebody about it. But of course, the best thing you can possibly do is listen. Yes. Nothing matters more than listening. But if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can get early access to all the episodes that are released early. Like, not this one, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> all the other Marvel episodes we've done have been released quite early. Yes. You know, the- almost a week early in most cases. The main problem is that it's going to be tax season at work, which yes. means I'm going to be coming home later, coming home crankier, tireder. <laughs> working more hours working into the weekend. Hours. Yes, working six or seven days, six days at least, seven yep. days more yes. likely. And every weekend is going to have an NASCAR race. Yes. And whatever else is going on. So it looks like the next episode will be coming out in about four months. Just <laughs> We'll see. We'll figure it out. No. We will be sticking to the Monday schedule. I will make sure that it happens. Good. Somehow. Yeah. So this episode, coming out on time. All the previous episodes, 
Marvel episodes have come out substantially early. So think about it if you are interested. Thank you so much. Thank you to Brian, the best patron that we have. Yay, thanks, Phoebe. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.